0: Next on BYUSN, what's the status of all of the BYU NFL Draft hopefuls after the first round?
1: We'll break it all down with John Beck and Aaron Rodman.
0: Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I am Spencer Linton, alongside our resident
1: Seattle Seahawks fan. Hoping Jaron Hall goes to the Seahawks, he is Jerem Jordan. More than that coming up. Uh, you know, John Beck has some very specific predictions on where he thinks, uh, you know, Jaron could go, but it was really fun to watch the first round. We've certainly got some interesting takes based on what happened, none of which included BYU guys, of course, but there's a lot of influence on BYU, which brings us to what's on today's show. We're expecting, uh, you know, three guys to be taken, perhaps even four. We'll see two to four from BYU this weekend, rounds two and three today, four through seven tomorrow. First round takeaways from a BYU perspective and what's trending. John Beck, who is the number one private quarterback trainer in the world right now, joins the program to talk about Jaron Hall's uh, round and team, plus Zach Wilson's not done in the NFL, according to John. And Keaton Slovis as the next NFL guy, plus offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick on his predictions of where Hall, Freeland, and Nakua could go today or tomorrow. But first, here are today's headlines.
0: Jerem just mentioned it, we're into day two of NFL Draft Weekend last Friday in the month of April. Very exciting, busy weekend. Will BYU have at least one player selected today? Will it be Blake Freeland, will it be Jaron Hall, or could both of them go? Much more to discuss in just a moment.
1: Baseball beat Portland 9-8 in 10 innings, thanks to a walk-off wild pitch. This one gets past Clamp. here
0: comes Gamble, and the Cougars! Score in the 10 and it's a gamble that pays
1: off. Yes, well done, Dave. In the 10th, Tate's older brother Cole hit a triple that led to the game time run and eventual win. A little, little karma boost there from, uh, you know, recently. On a BYU little Tate. boost? Game two is tonight at 8 Eastern, and the series finale tomorrow at 3 Eastern, both on the BYU TV app. Tomorrow's game's on BYU TV, and of course, always on the BYU radio app. As well.
0: BYU softball back into West Coast conference play today. They'll host. A doubleheader against San Diego, beginning a three-game series. First game, 7 p.m. Eastern, 5 Mountain. The second game scheduled for roughly 30 minutes after the completion of the first game. The Cougars will host game three tomorrow at 2 Eastern. That's noon Mountain time in Provo. They probably need to win out in West Coast Conference play to have any hope of getting that conference championship and an NCAA tournament bid.
1: Men's golf is in third place at 3-under after day one of the West Coast Conference Championships in Bremerton, Washington. Zach Jones leads the way at 3-under for third individually. BYU going to tee off here in the next couple of minutes.
0: BYU men's and women's tennis playing in the West Coast Conference Tournament yesterday. The men's team lost to Portland in the opening round 4-1, to thus ending their season. The women's team beat Portland 4 nothing to advance to the conference semifinals. BYU's women will take on the top seed Pepperdine today at 1 p.m. Eastern. Good luck.
1: Track and field is in Tucson, Arizona for the Desert Heat Classic, which is appropriate because highs of 94 today and 97 tomorrow are expected. The men ranked eighth in the country. The women are ranked
0: 14th. j jimmer Fredette is part of a four-player roster for USA Basketball's three-on-three World Tour team playing in Japan this weekend in the Utsunomiya opener I confirmed that with someone who speaks Japanese, with two games tomorrow and one on Sunday. Let's go Jimmer. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. down in the 2023 NFL Draft, and already it has impacted at least one major BYU player in the National Football League. Has it impacted any of the guys considerably waiting to be drafted into the National Football League? Jerem, what does the weekend look like for the BYU guys, and that's a loose term here because there are a lot of them being impacted here, based on what we saw in the first round of the draft?
1: It looks rich, uh, as in money. Uh, Okay, a few takeaways. First off, the Colts took Anthony Richardson. Um, would they dare take another quarterback in Jaron Hall? Ideally, Jaron, uh, because the Colts have interest, as you mentioned and as, as John Beck's going to mention coming up in the B-Block in the taped interview from last night, is ideally Jaron's behind a vet. Um, and so that's not the ideal scenario. Hoping the Colts don't take Jaron because I'd love Jaron to be behind a vet. Okay, Three QBs in the top four picks, then none after. Will Levis, Hendon Hooker still in the waiting room. When will Jaron go? What does that mean for Jaron? We'll certainly see. Um, you know, there, there are people, as, as John Beck's going to say as well, I keep teasing it. it was a really good conversation, that there are those who have Jaron Hall above Will Levis on their boards, which is, which is interesting. interesting. Five tackles taken in the first round. Probably good news for Blake Freeland, who's looking to go second or third round. Bijan Robinson to the Falcons, super weird pick uh, to me because Tyler ran for 1,000 yards last year. Obviously looking for a one-two punch. And uh, Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, said, Tyler Algier is a sledgehammer. Bijan John Robinson is a contact balance guy. So I, I, It's
0: you, Reggie Bush and LaDainian Tomlinson. It's lightning and thunder they're hoping for in Atlanta.
1: And Lindale White? Yeah, Lindale White. Yes. That's right. Sorry, yes. sorry. Not, the, yeah, yes. not, not LT. Yes. Lindale White. Although, yeah, I, I, I just feel like it means fewer carries for Tyler. Oh, it does. Um, it and, does. And, and I don't necessarily like that. Um, you know, I I – Maybe it means his, the tread on his tires will be lower over the next couple of seasons and he'll be stronger when he's in. Who, who knows? You could look at it a couple of ways there. Um, Cody Epps high school quarterback went number one in the draft, Bryce Young from Alabama. That's pretty cool, like the connection with Cody there. And then six Big 12 players were taken among the 31 selections in the first round okay. from six different teams. So 60% of the league represented. That was the most of any conference in college football which is pretty cool. And it's nice that BYU doesn't have to play those guys uh, next year. For sure. So th- those were my uh, top takeaways from the first.
0: Yeah, the, the Algier thing I know caught a lot of BYU fans like off guard because my phone blew up. As soon as Bijan Robinson was drafted, I had like 15 text messages from 15 different BYU people saying, wait, what? I thought Tyler was the guy. Is Tyler not the guy? And I hung out with Tyler recently uh, on a few nights and – Listen, he knows his role. He knows that the Falcons have asked him specifically to develop as a change of pace back. They want him to catch the ball more out of the backfield. So, it, Well, they just
1: drafted a dude that's really good at that.
0: They drafted a guy that's good on first and second down, too, and I feel like Tyler would probably, good on all probably be awesome. the, the third down and uh, goal line scenario, short yardage scenario running back for the Falcons. So it could be a one-two punch. You're right. It means less carries for Tyler. He's not the bell cow running back clearly anymore. It's it's going to be a two back system
1: for sure. Tyler's the number 2 in that scenario. You don't you don't go into the no, top no, you 10 don't and draft Bijan and not have him the number 1. And, and you so have to like, for a Tyler's running back to be drafted now.
0: that high in this day and age, they are absolutely in love with We've
1: him. We've had drafts where there were zero running backs in the first round. We had two in the top 12. It's a
0: different era of NFL football. Like running backs just don't go that high. And so the Falcons
1: like that means they love loved Loved
0: Bijan Robinson. Yep. He'll be the main primary ball carrier, but they still love Tyler Algier. I know Arthur Smith loves Tyler Algier. It's just going to be, yeah, he's a good change of pace He's not
1: a 1,000-yard guy now, unfortunately. Uh, That was fun to watch.
0: He could be uh, a goal-line crusher, though. Could still score a ton of touchdowns, get your short yardage, hard yards, rarely loses yards. So his role is shifting. It will change. And he told me, he's like, they've really asked me to work on catching the ball out of the backfield much more, and that's typically what your third down change of pace back does: is you catch the ball a lot out of the backfield. Like they utilize that part of the game. So he'll be working on that. Um, yeah, it would, would have been fun to have him be the the primary guy for the Falcons. It
1: was out of left field, man. It was like what?
0: But good for him as a rookie, he ran for a thousand thirty-five yards. Bijan Robinson might break that record next year.
1: I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Right? B- Bijan's really good.
0: So. Uh, yeah, very interesting. The Falcons uh, do need a quarterback, which is interesting, right? Will Will Levis fall so far? They're not far?
1: in on Desmond Ritter, who they picked last year. They
0: they need a quarterback. Mm. Uh, they do. They need they need depth there. So uh, I don't know what this, the future is for Mariota. I, I I know they like Desmond Ritter, but the the team has stated that they are yeah. they are actively looking at a quarterback potentially. So. Could Jaron Hall wind up with his former teammate Tyler Algier as a quarterback mm. running back combination? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I still feel like everything that we projected and discussed yesterday in terms of like a good fit for all of our guys is still in play. Uh, I'm with you. I don't think the Colt, the Colts loved Jaron Hall. There's no need for I them mean. to draft another rookie quarterback. You draft two rookie quarterbacks That's and like, they're your guys. Like when the Commanders forward.
1: did that, as we mentioned with RG3. It's and, weird. Uh, Kirk Cousins, that was odd.
0: That was a a weird deal.
1: And ideally, again, we're in this, like, post-Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers thing where we're like, ah, be behind a vet. And if you're not a first-round quarterback, you're not expected to kind of start right away or very soon. So, hopefully, uh, Jaron gets in a good situation. Much more on that coming up with John Beck and Aaron Roderick. It's going to be a fun conversation. So, another
0: takeaway I had is a ton of wide receivers were drafted.
1: Four in a row. Wild. Once. Jackson Smith, uh, Smith and Jigba went to my Seahawks, which I'm stoked about. It went boom, 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 boom. Four receivers gone. Four receivers. Including so, Quentin Johnson of TCU. Glad to not face that guy so fast. The Big 12. So fast. Jeez. Uh, this
0: bodes well for Puka Nakua. He's well down the list, yeah. but to have that many receivers taken early in the first round now has teams that need wide receiver depth looking at a guy more uh, aggressively like Puka Nakua. Um, A team like the Green Bay Packers. The Patriots are interested in wide receivers. Everybody needs wide receiver depth because those are guys that can play special teams.
1: Yeah, you need like five. You need three really good receivers, and then you need like a couple other capable guys. Everybody needs them. It's
0: 2023. Yeah, we document the 49ers are interested.
1: Anyone who has, uh, you know, anyone can take Puka. Like, it's not like, nope, nobody, this team couldn't take him. Yes, literally every team to, could take Puka Nakua.
0: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not draft an offensive tackle. A lot of people thought they might do that in the first round. Uh, the Buccaneers went with a defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. So does Blake Freeland of Tampa Bay become more of a reality because we're into day two, and Blake is a day two, we think, a second round and, or third round guy.
1: And we think tackle, but he could be a guard. Who knows? Like, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't think Brady Christensen was going to be a starting guard.
0: The 49ers in the need interior offensive linemen. Who for doesn't need
1: old linemen? Like, the only position where you go, you don't need that guy, is quarterback with first-round guys. And, and then everyone else could take every position because you, ju- you just need. You always need more edge rushers. You always need more w- everything. Yeah, there were more skill players
0: taken in the first round than I expected there to be.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by that too. Four receivers, uh, two running backs. Yeah, and only three quarterbacks. And three Nobody quarterbacks. We thought like five would go in the yeah, first round. Yeah, with uh, Le- Will Levis and Hindenhooker Hindenhooker. Are still sitting there, which is pretty interesting. But I
0: think there were nine. Well, if you include the tight end Dalton Kincaid to the Bills, yes. that's ten skill players in yeah. the first round, which I thought was a Michael lot.
1: Michael Mayer looks so mad <laughs> when they show him. And BYU knows firsthand <laughs> what Michael Mayer looks like when he's happy. Yeah, because uh, he chewed up the Kooks this year. That was, that it's, was it's, tough.
0: It's a fascinating ordeal. It's such a huge event. It's yeah. it's a spectacle for sure. I
1: love the NFL draft, like way more than any other draft. Like okay. it is. But I used to love the NBA draft. Now I'm like, I don't even know who three fourths of these guys are. All right.
0: Well, let's call our shots here. Okay. We we saw the yes, first round. Let's just we we've, we've seen how things grow with our guys here. We've seen <laughs> see seen how things have developed have you and been, been put on the board. I have, it. it's fun. I,
1: I have not. I'm, one time. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend it. I have thrown axes, just not there. <laughs> <laughs> just don't
0: watch So I Married an the, Axe
1: Murderer before you go throw the backyard. axes. Yeah. yeah. Kids, stay in the house.
0: <laughs> okay, let's call our shots here with the three guys. All right, let's go. With, with the things that have happened in the first round, what we think is going
1: to happen. So uh, i If I'll, one of us get one of these six picks, awesome. meaning team or awesome. round, yes. that's pretty good, because this is just a crapshoot. Okay. All right. Emphasis on crap.
0: So let's start with the guy that we think is and has been most consistently projected to go first, and that yeah. is Blake Freeland. Where, where do you have Blake Buffalo Freeland Buffalo Bills,
1: third round, 91st pick. 91st I, pick Buffalo. I, I think Buffalo. third round, yeah, Buffalo takes Blake. I got okay. Jaron in the fourth to my Seahawks! Seahawks! <laughs> and then Puka Nakua I have to the Texans. Sixth round, 203rd pick. Okay. This is what I have. Hopefully, I get one of these.
0: you think both Blake and Jaron are going to go in the top four rounds? I do. We talked about good, better, best. This will qualify, in my opinion, as a better draft for BYU if two yes. guys go in the top four rounds.
1: It's not best, but it's it's definitely good. Um, you know, and hopefully Caleb Hayes sneaks in the seventh. I don't know. It's yeah, it's hard to know on that one. But uh, if he does, that'd be great.
0: A lot of teams, again, with all the skill positions drafted, a lot of teams did not take tackles and interior offensive linemen. So I feel like we're going to have a ton of those tonight.
1: Isn't it fun when it's like someone not named BYU a tackle? You're like, sorry, who is that? (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's like Parrish Johnson, Ohio State. Like, you know, the big ones, right? But we're not like NFL draft experts. So so it's fun to be like, I love watching the fourth to seventh round. Like, you go to commercial break, there's, like, four dudes sticking. You're like, some German dude just got taken by the Patriots. Networks are just, just playing catch-up when you yes, come back from commercial. Oh, we great. just had three picks. I love it, dude. Yeah,
0: for sure. I a lot, a lot of fun. Okay, for me, Blake Freeland, I'm buying the Kansas City Chiefs hype. They That'd they be fun. need That'd be fun. a couple of offensive linemen. They're in desperate need of an offensive tackle that can come in and potentially start and play right away. So I'm taking Blake Freeland Third round, 95th pick overall. Go and get him in the second then, Chiefs. And the Kansas City Chiefs. For Jaron Hall, and this is not a surprise if you've been following along with the show, I know the Minnesota Vikings are really impressed with him. They liked his attitude, his maturity. They have Kirk Cousins. I feel like Jaron Hall mentality and his even-kill nature is a lot like Kirk Cousins. You like that. I do like that. You like that? 158th pick overall, fifth round, Jaron Hall to the Vikings, and then Puka Nakua, I feel like the Bills, like as in Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien, the offensive the coordinator, Bills. the two Same Bills, okay, the two Bills for New England. They are known.
1: Sounds like a 30 for 30. Especially
0: Dutch. Belichick, he he finds these gems, these diamonds in the rough in the late rounds, and yeah. I feel like Puka Nakua fits that mold, and and the Patriots need big physical receivers. Puka Nakua fits the mold. Sixth round, 210th pick, a compensatory pick. New England is going to take Puka Nakua in the sixth round.
1: Pitches have their fun. Let's not give them <laughs> more. And if
0: they don't draft him, I expect them to be, like, probably the first phone call to Puka, like, hey, come and join us. We'll, we'll do what we did with Harvey Longy, and make Bring you, you like, a, a preferred, you know, high-level free agent. Yep. They gave Harvey a nice contract, right? Yeah, over like a six-figure free agent deal as an undrafted free agent it worked out well for him so
1: i just assume all these guys are going to make some good money let's so, go
0: yeah. let's go all right we've thrown our darts <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll see if how. we get one of those six <laughs> just team or round I'll be happy.
0: Close. We'll play closest to the pin we'll on Monday. We'll play close to
1: the pin on Monday. Okay, we'll, yeah, see, yeah.
0: we'll see who yeah. wins on Monday. <laughs> and <laughs> furthest from the pin. Yes, yes. Yeah, what were you thinking? This, this was way <laughs> off.
1: He didn't even get drafted. Our,
0: our question of the day. What does the weekend look like for the BYU football players based on what we sound in round one? And by BYU football players, I mean the NFL draft hopefuls.
1: <laughs> Just all BYU football players.
0: Tyson Peterson on Golf. Facebook says, it looks like the NFL is starving for great defensive players and offensive linemen. I think Blake Freeland is certainly going next. Well, what is next to find next? <laughs> First pick today Steelers. I think Caleb Hayes will get drafted. Mm. And whoa, this is majorly blue goggled here. Peyton Wilgar as well. Peyton Wilgar is a free agent.
1: If Peyton Wilgar gets drafted, we will both shave our heads, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Love Peyton, but he's going to be a free agent. He's got too if much to overcome, out, right? for sure. Yeah. He's, he's if he'd been healthy stuff. the whole time, he'd yeah, he sure. have a good shot, but no, what's up? All
0: right, 26, 26Simo on Twitter says, Jaron Hall may go before Blake Freeland. Maybe. Seems to be a premium on skill players, is what yeah. we just talked about. Yeah. Linemen not getting as much love as in the past, which is why I think linemen are going to go like hotcakes yes, tonight.
1: Yes, but first round is like one thing. Day two and three is another, and then fourth through seven is like whatever. <laughs> The dynamic changes day by day, which is really fun. Hashtag
0: BYU is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. By the way,
1: which which feed of the draft did you watch?
0: I watched. Well, I watched ESPN while I was out and about because that's the one that was working better in my streaming while I was at soccer practice for my kid. And then the NFL Network was on my TV when I got home, so I just stayed with ABC it. Saved the that whole that time. Oh, I really? love
1: the Game Day Edition. Okay,
0: yeah, with Herbie With and McShay. Yeah, McShay. Yeah,
1: the Jonas Brothers on. That was fun. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay, BYU baseball looks for back-to-back wins over Portland. Game two tonight, eight Eastern on the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Hey, if the drama from last night was anything uh, for this series, let's keep it going.
0: Uh, Seventeen combined runs. We were asking the forty-three run combined question again. They are ahead. They're of Well team. on pace. Yep. What does? Quarterback guru, the quarterback whisperer, John Beck. Think about Jaron Hall's current draft stock. Yeah. And is Keaton Slovis a sure thing NFL deal? He'll answer both of those next on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. It's NFL Draft Weekend. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, all eyes on the BYU NFL Draft hopefuls. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton.
1: Okay, last night after the first round of the NFL Draft, I talked to uh, John Beck, who right now is the top private QB coach in the world, of course, coaching guys currently in the NFL. He had Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, the one and two picks. Uh, His guys go early, right, which was awesome. I talked to him about Jaron Hall, specifically what he's hearing, uh, potential team and round he thinks Jaron Hall could go in, plus Zach Wilson's situation in New York. He feels like he's not done quite yet. A fun conversation with the legend, John Beck. All right, John, first off, congratulations. Uh, Your guys go one and two with uh, Bryce Young and uh, CJ Stroud. What's that like, man?
2: I mean, it's pretty awesome. Uh, We kind of hoped it would be that. We didn't know what order it would be. One was going to go one and one was going to go two, but it was pretty cool today to, you know, have the opportunity to see those guys just a couple of days ago, send them off on their flights. Hey, all the best. And then boom, to see it kind of materialize today. And uh, they both have earned it. They both worked extremely hard. They've had great careers. So, you know, now it'll be on to the next chapter as professionals, but it's cool for us as 3D QB. Uh, we've had first rounders, we've had top five picks, uh, but to have two guys go back to back one and two, it's pretty awesome.
1: At what point did you realize that your football legacy would be as a coach rather than like the BYU guy and the NFL guy? Because right now you're like the quarterback guru in the NFL. Like you're on all these shows, uh, it's going well.
2: You know, uh, you know, you like, you, I, I could have never drawn this up this way. I could have never <laughs> painted the picture this way. Um, you know, but I've learned the older you get and the further away you get from your playing days, it's all about what you're doing currently. <laughs> So, you know, right now, this is the current thing. It's gone really, really well. And we've been fortunate to be able to train the guys that are really, really good guys. So, you know, um, that's a big part of it, right? It's a lot to do with the opportunity that I've had with some of the guys. And, you know, their hard work has paid off. And that's helped us.
1: Okay. Yeah, obviously, uh, Jaron Hall uh, is going to be in the mix tomorrow. What is your sort of anticipation, given that people talk to you about Jaron and and we're hoping potentially go second or third round if he goes day three, maybe early day three, we hope. But ultimately, like, r- the fit is better than the round probably at this point yeah. because he's probably going to be a backup.
2: Yeah, I, I think, like, the the thing that we've all kind of told Jaron is, look, like, you have a wide range of what we're hearing back from teams. Uh, so because of that, there's no way to, like, pinpoint it on something. At times, you can give guys, look, it's going to be within probably these 12 to 15 picks. Um, Jaron's different. Uh, some teams they have him with like a third round grade but because of some injury history stuff they don't know what that grade gets put at on draft day because teams are always trying to get those mid-round guys as late as they can rather than trying to move up to guarantee it there are times that a team because of the way the cards get shuffled they're like we can't not get that guy let's move up Mm. but for the most part teams are trying to find a way to get somebody in a later round so for Jaron because of the age and the injury stuff, you have this wide range of like third to fifth, sixth. So, you know, I know this for the most part, he's probably anticipating the the safer bet is probably somewhere early day three, but it doesn't mean that somebody couldn't call his name. Um, I have him on my picks going in the third. That's where I feel like with what I've heard from teams. um, I think that that's where, like, I think I could see it happening, but at the same time, you just, you know, you never know, but he's definitely getting drafted. He's definitely going to go somewhere to a place that's not just drafting him as development as a third. The pick is going to be to develop him to be their backup soon and then see if he can, you know, develop into starter starter potential. Certainly,
1: given the Zach Wilson stuff that's gone down and we hope Zach gets a, a chance here in the next, you know, couple years um, behind Aaron. And I want to ask you, uh, Rogers, about that in a second. Uh, How comfortable do you feel with a guy being in that position like it wasn't what you were asked to do you were asked to get in there with the tough situation and obviously that was difficult Zach same thing. Is there a benefit to being asked to be the not be the guy right away in the NFL.
2: Yeah, you know, I remember when I got picked the day after I got picked they said here's the plan. And they gave me the years I would sit and the years that I would be the main backup and the years this is this is ideal. You know, and all of a sudden when it's a disaster, it doesn't shake down that way. Zach's was unique because the Jets didn't go out and have a veteran on the roster. Um, So it was like from the get-go, the plan was just to get him on the field. And that's tough. Unless you've come from a situation, I'm going to kind of say like Bryce Young. Bryce Young had multiple NFL coaches that had already been offensive coordinators that were running exactly what they ran in the offense in the NFL. And they're doing it at Alabama. So day in and day out. Like, if you look at it right now, Alabama is going to put together a number of dudes that are going to go in the first three rounds of the draft. So every single day at practice, you're going against NFL caliber guys. That's going to prepare you better than anything college football can. Um, So, you know, to me, like Zach's situation was one that it was like, let's get him out there and let's, let's develop him on the go. Well, in tough situations, that is really hard. It takes patience. I look at somebody like Troy Aikman. You know, Peyton Manning, I think both those guys led the NFL in interceptions their first rookie season. So, like, that's understandable. So then it comes down to the patience of the people around him. Can the situation improve? Unfortunately, year two, even though the Jets were winning, it was like there was this expectation of, like, but we want to win a certain way. Zach's not meeting that. Um, My hope is that what would have been really good for him his rookie year and having a veteran can be what's great for him in year three. Have the opportunity to be there with Aaron, learn from Aaron the pressure is not on Zach, right? It's going to be about Aaron Rodgers taking that team to the playoffs. And all you do is you put your head down if you're Zach and you just work, work, work and learn.
1: Is the hope uh, obviously that he, he gets another opportunity in the next couple of years. You'd think Aaron's there a minimum of two years. Who knows how much time he has with the Jets. But is Zach going to need to go to another team after his rookie contract to get that opportunity perhaps?
2: I mean, I don't know. His best thing may be on another team, but I would say this, like, you know there are chances that he does have an opportunity to play he's going to play in preseason games Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play much in the preseason games and so Zach's going to get a bunch of reps with the ones and twos in preseason that's opportunities to have good things happen again for him which that's the priority right now play ball have good things happen so you can get in that groove again Um, and so to me there can still be really good football things happening in New York and look if the things can turn and you know, all that stuff with like the fan base and all that, like if it can ship great and he can stay in New York and have good things happen. If he doesn't, that's okay. I mean, cause he can still improve. He can still be a better player. Like I'm not going to make like some hot take prediction, but I will say, I think Sam Darnold is going to have some really good things happen in San Francisco. And here's a guy that went to the jets for a couple of years. They didn't keep him. Now he goes to Carolina. They don't keep him, but he plays some good football, has some good things happen. And now he's going to go to San Francisco, which is probably his best situation of his career. And I predict some good things happening. So for Zach, you know, do I think some good footballs in front of him? Absolutely. Does that mean he stays a jet? I don't know. Maybe his best opportunity comes two, three years down the road somewhere else. Who knows? I know you're a big Kyle Shanahan fan.
1: Uh cuz you got to know Kyle in your NFL career of course. And I ju- I just think Zach's fate changes if he goes to 3 to the Niners yeah. versus two. Oh. like like in the multiverse I'm like, "Oh, that would have been the spot, man." And as a Seahawk fan, I would have I would have loved it and hated it.
2: Yeah. You know what's tough is there were some discussions in the very beginning when uh it was his pro day. Um San Francisco went up on his pro day. And when we were in John the Lynch car, John Lynch was there. I know. And when we were in the car, um Wait, was Lynch there? I think he was, was. wasn't he? He was when they had trained up that day. Yeah, when we were in the car, um, I rode back to the airport with his agents and we were on the phone and like you know, he just without going into detail, there were conversations of what do we do? Like, let's talk about this. And yeah, it's tough because it's easy to look back in hindsight and say, What if? But you know, um, look, every year in the draft guys get picked and they have zero control. It's the difference, right? Like if you're growing up in a high school situation and you know it's not great, your family's going to do something to either move, boundary exception, they're going to do something. If your aspirations are to get to college football, they're going to do something. And you have control over that. College football, you get to pick the college you go to, right? Even if it's not going well, transfer, I'm out, I'm going somewhere else. You have so much, you have control. In the pro game on draft day, you are sitting in front of a TV and somebody's going to pick you, and you have no choice. It's really kind of a strange deal, and you're just crossing your fingers. And I remember people telling me that because some teams like Oakland, Detroit, Cleveland, they were picking quarterbacks my year. And it was like this weird thing of like the term. I'd never heard it before. Quarterback graveyard Was the first time I heard it. Oakland, Cleveland, Detroit. Man, John, just, you know, you got to be careful, cross your fingers, hope it goes good because, man, those places have been quarterback graveyards. And so when I got picked by Miami, I'm thinking, this is nice. I didn't go to those places. And then Miami goes one in 15. You just, you never know.
1: Yeah. Um, his pro day was too good. I blame you. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, it thrown. was awesome. It like really, that, that like Jackson. famous throw, like didn't need it, didn't need it. No, I'm oh just gosh. messing. I'm just messing. Um, okay, back to Jaren Hall. You mentioned the third round grade. Is there a couple of teams that you think he'd really fit in well as the backup right away?
2: I mean, I'll tell you what my, like, I'll just say, uh, uh, I, I, I picked him to go to Seattle. And there's probably some bias there. Yes! But, oh, yeah. There yes! Is. <laughs> Let's go! I mean, look, there is some bias there because I want Jaren to go to a spot that I feel like would be a great spot for him. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. You know, hopefully, like, sometimes you put it out there in the universe and, it, you know, you, you will it to happen or something. But, I mean, I just, I look at the situation. Geno Smith has learned some great lessons. Um, Geno Smith had a Pro Bowl year. Geno Smith is the guy uh they're building pieces there you look at that wide receiver core that they have my goodness if you have to play a game as a rookie you want some dudes around you seattle's got it right what is pete carroll like like what is the foundation of seattle play great defense play great defense let's run the ball let's play action pass i'm like it's jaron and then when things break down the dude's got the athleticism to make plays outside the pocket it's almost like the formula that they put together to help russell wilson win is a great formula, and it could be one that Jaron Hall thrives in. So, like, you know, do I know that's where he's going to go? No, but it was kind of like one of those things where, as I'm going down the list, you know, third round, that's kind of like on the higher side of where some teams have him. But yeah. to me, I'm like, I would love for a team like Seattle to say, you know what, let's go do it, let's go grab that guy, you know. Um, and so, to me, I'm sure part of my pick was because that's where I wanted him to go. And if, if you know. Uh, and if I didn't know him, like I didn't pick it, like, you know, DTR, or these other guys, like I didn't, you know, guess where those guys were going to go. I guess where the guys I trained went. So I'd love yeah. to see that. Here's what I do know Kansas City's in the mix. Um, New Orleans could potentially be in the mix. I think, um, you know, if Houston hadn't gone CJ early, man, I mean, you know, here's one thing mm. this is going to sound kind of crazy, but do not be surprised if a team like Indianapolis doesn't also take like a fourth round quarterback. They really like Jaron a lot. And there's those models that go back to like the Mike Holmgren days, the uh, John Mm -hmm. Gruden days, where they say you can never have enough good quarterbacks to develop. Mike Shanahan did it when they picked RG3, I believe second or third, second overall. Then they went and grabbed Kirk Cousins in the fourth. Yes, Do not be surprised if the Colts, they could grab another quarterback. And I know they really, really like Jaron.
1: And that's interesting. Because it's it we we haven't seen it a ton, especially in the modern game, but uh, you know, frankly, I'd, I'd like him to develop behind a, a vet. Um, yeah, and maybe that, maybe like you were mentioning, um, that's interesting. It is good to have Bioi back in the quarterback game. You are, um, you know, part of this process as the uh, uh, off-season and in-season kind of coach there. And Roderick obviously has done an amazing job. We're hoping Keaton Slovis, another one of your guys, and, yeah. and uh, a guy you were influential influential with, it just feels good and right the BYU in the quarterback game again
2: you know what was cool I was just with Keaton and a bunch of the wide receivers today we were training today and to have the conversation where I get to say hey look when you get to the NFL when you're on an NFL team because I firmly believe Keaton is an NFL guy um I've trained enough of them to know there are there are teams that are going to absolutely like the way Keaton throws the ball the way he plays with the base in the pocket how smart he is uh like he does so many good things he's a big dude um you know, uh, and I, I just think it's so cool that you see this. It's exactly what Aaron Roderick wants to have. We've had this conversation together, and he's like, "This is what I want. This is what I believe can happen." I mean, he called it a couple of years ago. He's like, "Look, Zach is phenomenal, and I know that Jaron. If it, like if we can continue to develop in the right way, I know he's a guy that's got you know draft capabilities, and that's now being realized." And Keaton, same thing. When all those conversations first started. Um, with Aaron and uh, you know about Keaton that that's an NFL guy to get an NFL guy to come to BYU and look here's what's going to happen when if you can have three draftable draft guys in a row your place becomes a destination and it's going to be great for the university it makes it tough because the guy's there you better know competition whether it's there already or whether it's moving in there's going to be a lot of competition to be that starting quarterback because it's going draft Draft, draft QB.
1: I read a book that really helped my uh, young fandom of BYU called And They Came to Pass by Lee Benson. Just the all greatest right. <laughs> title for a book. It's all about the quarterbacks. And it started with Kerry Shidey. And it kind of ended with Ty at the, at the time. He's back in that game. John, we appreciate the time. I could talk to you all day about a million things. Do you like my uh, picture, by the way? Yeah, no,
2: awesome. That's the first thing I noticed. I'm like, you know what? Yeah.
1: This, this is you on your back right there.
2: That was a fun play. You know what was actually cool, too? I got to throw some passes to my guy, Johnny Harleen, in the alumni game. A lot of fun. That was awesome. It was. It was so cool. You know what? I threw a pass. I got. I threw Johnny a pass. I threw Curtis passes. I threw Manasseh passes. I threw Fabu passes. I got to throw passes to all these guys, Dennis Pitta, Austin Colley. I mean, back when I was, you know, 22, 23, 24 years old, it was, that was so cool. That's the part about the alumni game that I think is so rad because it's like here, as a 41 year old guy, those are just memories of what it used to be like. And all of a sudden, you get to go back and feel like you're 20 something years old again throwing it to those guys. So it's cool. It was, a
1: very, it was a very fun night. It was, uh, it was awesome. Well, thanks for the time and uh, best of luck with the rest of the draft. And hopefully, we'll see uh, Jaron on Friday. Yep, absolutely.
0: He is the one and only John Beck.
1: Great insight there. And uh, I really hope he's right. About Seattle, my Seahawks, dude. I would love that. So much. Yeah, well, you and I were just Gino talking about Smith it for like two years. Drew Locke has a one year deal. Yeah, then he'll he could be done. And then Jaron could be the backup potentially the next
0: guy. You and I were just saying that the New Orleans situation that he brought up as well would, <laughs> that, would be juicy.
1: Wi- wild. Right. For Cougs. Like you've
0: got Jared Hall, Daniels, Sorenson, Taysomville, Jamal Williams all in the, too on the proud Saints. Too crowded of a
1: quarterback room for me in terms of like him playing yeah. in the next two, three and years. Now
0: if the Saints got rid of Jameis Winston or something, Like yeah. maybe they draft and then and that Derek would force somebody could else out. of it.
1: after two or three years. For sure. But yeah, um, we'll see where he goes, man. Very exciting. Very exciting. Let's if you go. miss any interviews, D-Blue shows, games, you can find them on BYUSN.com or download the free BYU TV app.
0: The college football playoff dates for the inaugural expanded playoff have been set. Why the NFL loves the format... But do you love the format this is BYU Sports Nation? Hello? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Brown, presented by Marisk, your e-commerce
1: logistics shipping partner. Six players from the Big 12 were taken last night, 60% of the league, the most of any conference. Does being in the Big 12 put more pressure on BYU to produce more NFL talent?
0: No, it puts more pressure on BYU to recruit at a higher level so you can compete at a Power 5 level, but that will probably naturally translate into BYU having... More draft picks.
1: I think BYU is doing a great job in the NFL Draft and in the portal. That will naturally occur. I think BYU fits into that.
0: If if three get drafted this weekend, that's nine over the last three years before BYU was in the Big 12. They're trending in the right
1: direction.
0: Yes, they're trending in the right direction. Bill Hancock, executive director of the college football playoff, confirms the national semifinals will be played on weekdays to avoid the NFL wildcard weekend. They will likely be played on a Thursday or Friday. How do you feel about games of that magnitude being put on
1: weekday nights? It's destination viewing for me either way. It does not matter. It doesn't Our matter. I will be watching. Jerem, the
0: College Football National Championship for how many years in a row has been on a Monday?
1: Hey, listen. Do BYU, we care? Joy's gonna be playing in one of these soon enough. Let's go. NFL Rookie Watch on Twitter listed every team's worst draft since 2010, listed Zach Wilson and the Jets in 21. Is this, is this accurate considering seven of those picks are either out of the league or free agent.
0: No, it's just so knee-jerk and reactionary, and it's because it's, like, a trendy thing to say right now. Let it play out. Let them
1: develop a little with aaron Rodgers as his mentor it's going to take a sec for zach to get that chance again but when he does he'll be more ready than he was before. people
0: are already calling him ryan leaf he could not be more different than ryan leaf
1: yes come on he got that dog in him though
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah yes, he, yes does. he does yes he does <laughs> byu baseball finishing their series against portland today and tomorrow won the first game last night in dramatic fashion mm-hmm. karma in play can byu afford to drop one of the remaining two games and still feel okay, or is a sweep necessary?
1: No, they can just win the series. It's about winning series. Yes. All
0: I need BYU to do is go six and six in their last four combined West Coast Conference series.
1: Just be in the top six, make the WCC tourney, yep. and you're good. And there's some bottom feeders available to uh, play, right? Pacific and Pepperdine haven't been super strong. You have some opportunities. Yo, yeah, they don't have to.
0: Hey, if you want to win all the remaining WCC That'd be series, fine great. With us. That's great. All right, that takes care of the whip. Is BYU back to its QBU days? Yes, it's Offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick will share his thoughts on that and on Jaron Hall and much more after this. He's in studio! This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. It's NFL Draft Weekend, and not all shows are created equal. We've got a great show today. It's a good one. John Beck, and now our next guest, the current offensive coordinator for BYU football, Aaron Roderick, in Studio B. And in person, in the new format of our studio for the first time.
3: Welcome, man. This is nice. Thanks. You yeah. can come and, and hang out, it.
0: relax here when new, things get stressful is, this is over new, there.
1: New to me. <laughs> <laughs> we just come in, the lights are off. Aaron just <laughs> Aaron's just taking that. a nap. Like, oh, he's, he took it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you're welcome to do that. We wouldn't give that invitation to just anybody. Uh, this is a really fun weekend, I'm sure for you, and certainly for Jaron Hall and a lot of the guys you've worked so closely with, and you've become so close uh, to, just as friends and uh, you yeah. know, coworkers of sorts. How how are your emotions on a day like today when when you await to see where the BYU guys, including Jared Hall, are going to go this weekend?
3: I'm just excited for him and you know, I'm proud of him. I saw Jaron yesterday in our locker room. He was um, he was actually putting shirt a shirt in all the lockers of all of our players. Had, yeah, I don't know it was some some uh, I don't even know what the shirt was, but he was and he had, was he had taken the time to. Handwrite everyone's names on the packaging. Oh yeah, oh, very nice. With oh, yeah. a sharpie, and he was putting them in everyone's lockers. I just tell us what kind of guy Jaron is. Yes. The day before the draft or day of the draft of the first round, he's in the locker room handing out T-shirts to. Uh, that's awesome. All the guys. Actually, they were like collared shirts. They it's, were, oh, it's and collared, okay. right? They were, were nice. They I were nice shirts. Yeah. Yeah, I buy the. I don't know what. Like uh, yeah. So he yeah. Aaron's trying to get a couple. But of I'm excited for, for him. Um, and. Um, you know, and he's going to get drafted. I don't know exactly what round, but he will get drafted.
1: What would surprise you either way uh, when it comes to him in the draft? What, what are you kind of expecting versus what would surprise you?
3: Like as far as round goes?
1: Round, or? team, fit, uh, that kind of stuff. From Because um, t- a lot of teams talk to you.
3: Yeah. N- really, I've learned to noth- there's nothing would surprise me now. <laughs> Everyone keeps their strategy and their plan so secret that there's really nothing. It wouldn't surprise me. If he went a little earlier than we expect, if yeah. he went a little later than we expect, I think every single team almost <laughs> is a possibility. Um, but I have a lot of confidence in him that he's going to find a way to be successful.
1: Let me ask you this then. What are the most common questions about him from NFL teams?
3: Uh, most teams just wanted to know what it's like to work with him on a day-to-day basis. You know, things like what kind of leader he is, what kind of a learner he is, um, how he, you know, uh, talks to his teammates, how he resolves problems with a teammate, um, you know, um, what are his study habits like. It was, it was, most of them can make their own football evaluation from, from the game film and from what yeah. they've seen in practice and in workouts. They, the more of the questions I get are just things about him as a person. Aaron, we're on the verge
0: of watching now back-to-back BYU quarterbacks being drafted into the NFL, and John Beck just told us he thinks Keaton Slovis is absolutely an NFL quarterback. So this could be three in a row, that too. Yeah. right? It, yeah. And that's awesome. I want to rewind to a, a, a brief moment that you and I shared. You probably don't remember this, but it's in the midst of the COVID chaos. It's after the Navy game. Like we're not even allowed to be around anybody, yeah. and I happen to like bump into you as you're going down to the field to celebrate, and I'm running out to do some live shot thing. And I, I just congratulated you on a dominant win, and you said, man, it's been such a, like, it's taken a lot to get here. Yeah. And this is, these are the fruits of everything that's gone into this. It's been a slow build. Yeah. But now you've built this into what looks like more quarterback legacy at BYU. What has it taken to get to this point where you've had Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall
3: and now Keaton Slovis? Well, yeah, it's been a it's been a process for sure. It started with just building up our depth around the quarterback. You know, I mean, Tanner Mangum was a good quarterback. We didn't have a great team though at the time. Just overall, we had some roster deficiencies. We had some depth issues, and uh, so it took time to build depth. It started with building an offensive line, recruiting some skilled players that could perform, and then and then having a coaching staff like guys like Fessy and. Jeff Grimes and Daryl Funk and, you know, veteran coaches that know what they're doing. Steve Clark and Harvey's doing a great job. But, and we've had a couple of coaches that have come and go, but it was it was recruiting and then developing those players to put a good team around the quarterback. And now you get a quarterback out there that is as talented as Jaron or or Zach, and you got a good team around them, now you have a chance to be great. Yeah. And that's that's how you develop. It's, it's not just the quarterback, you, gotta, you have to put a team out there that can play uh, and, and help that guy have success and um, that took time, it doesn't just happen overnight, we had to build it up.
1: And be always back in the left tackle game too, which is super exciting, Blake's going to be the second straight starter, Kingsley will be the third straight starter we think <laughs> whenever he comes out in a year or two or whatever, which is exciting. Um, question about Blake and, and Puka who we expect to be drafted in the next two days. Um, what are the most common questions about those guys from NFL teams?
3: Similar things to what I mentioned about Jaron. I mean, you know, they want to know what these guys are like, what their personalities. Uh, you know, I've, I, I had uh, one, one coach, I won't say what team, but he, he said uh, about Blake, he said it was the best interview he's had with any O-lineman. And he, he mentioned, um, he said he just seems like a dude, man. He seems like a guy. I can bring him in the O-line room with all the other O-linemen, and even though he's a rookie. He's gonna fit right in, and all the guys are gonna love him, you know. And that was that was a I thought that was a great compliment to yeah. Blake, and also a, a great compliment to the training that Blake's gotten at BYU from his O-line coaches and. Um, uh, you know, with Puka, you know a lot of guys just want to know about his personality and what he's <laughs> like. And you know, of course, well, good uh, thing he's pretty quiet. Coach. Yeah, Coach. I <laughs> just guy. shared with what uh, <laughs> that Puka is just such a great energy guy. He yeah. just he carries himself with just you just feel him. You know, you feel him in the room. He has a he brings a lot of energy to everything he does. I've never met a guy who practiced harder than he did. We had to tone him down at practice, like you know, because he just goes 100 miles an hour in mm. every drill. And it's, it's fun to share that type of stuff with the, with the NFL guys. You have been
0: very much in the thick of just recruiting and transfer portal and the yeah. madness and trying to piece together a roster. You're getting ready for the Big 12. A lot of transitioning happening here. But you've got some, you know, some cachet to work with now in terms of BYU guys to the NFL and, like, the, the quality of program and, and the style of play. What's the first thing you're telling a recruit and maybe specifically a
3: quarterback recruit? Well, the quarterback situation now. You like you mentioned, we had you know we've had some pretty good success the last few years with uh, Zach and Jaron, and, and Baylor had some good games too when he played. And now, um, when I met with Keaton in December, he was already well aware of the success that Jaron and Zach had had, right down to like certain s- statistics. Wow. I mean, he, he mentioned right away, thirty-something touchdowns, single-digit picks. That's what you guys have been doing three years in a row well he knew he knew it had been three straight years of 30 some odd touchdowns and single digit interceptions and his big year at sc that's what he did he Hmm. had 30 touchdowns and I think it was I can't remember six picks or something like that and he mentioned I need to get back to that that's that's what I want to do again and that was more important to him than nil money or or anything it was just I wanted and so you want to hopefully establish a you know, a tradition where that's just what we do, you know, that's what we're trying to get is plug the quarterback in with a good team around him, and then that's what we do. And that hopefully will keep attracting more good quarterbacks. But then it's also fun to be a receiver if you, you know, if you know you're going to play with an NFL quarterback, it makes it easier to recruit a receiver um, and it makes it easier to recruit tight ends, you know, and uh, we should never have trouble getting offensive linemen here. That's that's been a tradition forever. That yeah, we can get those guys. So that's the we're trying to get it going where, you know, that quarterback play invites good quarterbacks, but it also brings good receivers and then good receivers and good O-line and all the other good players around them help the quarterback. And yeah. it's, it's a cycle that hopefully we can just keep rolling and, and keep getting better.
1: I like the uh, the quote in the Gordon Monson article about Keaton that came out about, yes, Keaton passed up NIL money in the SEC, which is pretty notable. I did want to ask you about... Um, other guys who have the best shot at a priority free agent opportunity like uh, Chris Brooks, Harris Lachance, Gunnar Romney, and so on. What are you kind of Caleb sensing? Caleb Hayes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, Offensively from you.
3: Um, yeah, there's, uh, man, I think it's hard to predict, you know, um, what situations they'll land in because I think being a free agent is so much, there's some luck involved, like what the team's needs are and and, and that type of thing. But I I think Chris Brooks can play in the NFL. I think Harris Lechance can play in the NFL. Um, who else on offense? Am I forgetting? Oh, Gunner. Gunner. Obviously, Gunner has been a really good player for us. He's had some bad luck with injuries, but when he's right physically and he's healthy, he's a he's a really good player that wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, he he can he can track the deep ball really well, as well as anybody I've ever seen, and. Uh, wouldn't be surprised at all. If he gets in the right camp, you can make a team. There's no, no, no reason why you can't.
0: Aaron, great to have you with us, man. We appreciate Thanks the insight in. and the time. Yeah. I, listen, you can come and sit and take a nap here anytime yeah, you is, want, brother. It's pretty this comfortable, is, right? It's pretty cozy, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure the door gets shut and the light's turned off and you can have a place to relax. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a warm towel over your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Thanks, Okay, BYU softball. Big doubleheader coming up today, 7 Eastern time. The letter starts. Spencer on the call, San Diego taking on BYU, big uh, series for the Cubs. All
0: right, a rise and shout out to those whose dreams we think will soon become a very big reality. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This
0: portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official
2: credit union of BYU Athletics.
0: Welcome back with our question of the day. What does the weekend look like for BYU's football guys based on what we saw in round one? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX. Healthcare elevated comes from Jeremiah Hell. Blake and Jared both about where expected to g- could go in the next couple rounds if the right team likes to fit. Puka faces a ton of higher rated receivers yet to be taken. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The
1: draft hopeful star, Dennis, ran out of time. Let's
0: go. Thanks to today's guests, John Beck and Aaron Roderick. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shoutout to Leon White. See you tonight for softball and baseball. Go Cougs. See Hawks.